welcome to Cult of the Leaf. I'm Sal, and, and here we're talking about Dark Elevation, and the latest edition of Dark Elevation started off with Wardlow cutting a promo on Jake Hager about the cage fight that they're going to, the MMA rules cage fight that they're going to have on Dynamite, and then we go to our first match, which involves Wardlow's. Wardlow takes on Jason Hotch, I believe is, I pronounced the name, um, a, a pretty easy squash. Um, Wardlow lands lands flush with his lands something. Not one hundred percent sure, um, but Jason falls right on the knee, knocks not is, is knocked out. The ref calls the bell, and Wardlow wins via KO. Next up is Dustin Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus VSK and Travis Titan. With VSK having recently started to appear more and more on Dark Elevation, possibly some implications later on, but Dustin Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeat VSK and Travis Titan. Next up, we go to our first real non-jobber match as we see Angelico with Jack Evans take on Mike Seidel with his brother, Matt Seidel. Um, this match... If you know both of their styles, which I only know Angelico's, this match could be very interesting because Angelico has a very interesting style. But in the end, Angelico locks in the Navarro death roll for the win to put away Mike Seidel. Matt Hardy enters the ring to celebrate with his with his new business client, and then Angelico attacks Mike near ringside and locks in another Navarro death roll until Matt Seidel rushes out to make the save. We go. Now to the chairman of the, of the pinnacle, Sean Spears taking on Falco. Again, very similar to the first two matches. Easy squash. Uh, Spears picks up Falco and hits the, the C4, which is his running Death Valley driver, to pick up the win. Next up is the wingman cutting a promo and challenging Orange Cassidy to a match on Dynamite with implications of if the, wing, if the wingman representative, who will be Cesar, Cesar Benoni, um, wins and they get to make and they get to make over Orange Cassidy, similar to what they did for JD Drake. Um, the party, the private party with the fit, with the Hardy family office defeats Dean Alexander and Charlie and Carly or Charlie Bravo. Um, again, very similar to the last couple of matches. Pretty easy squash. Um, they hit the gin and juice, and private party picks up the win. Wish they would just ditch the suits though. Um, next up, Nyla Rose puts away uh, Megan Bain. Very similar to all of Nyla Rose's matches. Very, very squashy. Uh, next up, Orange Cassidy in his first match since Double or Nothing defeats Cameron Cole. This match, like everything else, squash match. Uh, knows the Orange Punch. Next up, Penta El Cerro Miedo with Alex Abrahentes and Eddie Kingston take on Eric Cannon and Kevin Blackwood, who are making their AEW Tag Team debut. Um, Penta and Eddie pick up the win after Penta hit the Fear Factor, and then Kingston delivered a half-and-half half suplex for the win. Next up, Julia Hart with the Varsity Blondes, as it looks like Julia Hart is signed, seemingly, or is on the verge of being signed to, to a contract. And she's been regularly appearing on Dynamite, on Dynamite, Dark, and Dark Elevation with the Varsity Blondes. Uh, she takes on Danny Jordan. This match, again, very, very quick. Julia Hart reverses uh, a clothesline from 
Jordan and nails the sliced bread to pick up a win on Dark Elevation. And now we go into our co-main event as we see the factories Aaron Solo and the leader QT Marshall take on Dion Russman and Ring of Honor Dojo star Joe Key. Joe Keys. Um, um, this match a little bit more competitive, but in the end, Aaron Solo hit the pedigree on Russman to pick up the win for the factory. And now we go to our main event, probably the most competitive match of the night. It is Scorpio Sky with, with his fellow Man of the Year, Ethan Page, taking on the Dark Order's Alex Reynolds. As, as you've seen, Reynolds has been doing a lot of singles work ever since John Silver got injured. Um, but in the end, and after, after Alex went up to the top and missed the moonsault, he hurt his left knee on the landing, and Scorpio Sky capitalized by locking in the heel hook for the win. On AEW Dark this week, we kick off with Ethan Page of the Men of the Year defeating Danny Limelight. Then we had Dante Martin versus Sonny Kiss with Dante Martin picking up the win. Wait, why doesn't this... Um... Oh, okay. Nyla Rose defeated Charlotte Renegade. Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson defeated Shane Mercer and KTB. Um... Wardlow defeated Chandler Hopkins, who appeared on AEW Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Cesar Benoni defeated Dylan McQueen. Frankie Zarian defeated Jake Tucker. Why couldn't this all just be listed? Why do I have to scroll through different pages? Kylan King defeated Valentina Rosie. I probably said that name wrong. I apologize. Uh, Sunny Kiss is done with Joey Janela. They're no longer a team. Billy and Colton Gunn of the Gun Club defeated Chaos Project. Uh, your co-main event was Willow Nightingale versus Ty Conti. Ty Conti getting the win. And your main event was Dark Order's Colt Cabana and Allen Five Angels defeating er, facing the acclaimed with the acclaimed picking up the win. Don't go anywhere. The Coverly Podcast will be right back after this. Five, four, three, two, one. Legion, welcome back to the Call of Elite Podcast. Aiden joined by Sal. And uh, I didn't do one last week because we didn't really have anything. But, you know, things are uh, starting to happen within the toy room. Uh, at least in my toy room. I don't Did you make any purchases this week? I figure as much. So that answer would be no. Um, so I did. I spent 40 bucks on the Sammy Guevara Elite figure. God damn. Uh, mainly because I couldn't find it for the normal price and I couldn't find it in stores, so I kind of just gave up. Uh, I need to buy ten. It's actually not a bad figure. So it comes with five of the hit-me-up cue cards, but the back are completely, like, you cannot see through them. So if you wanted, you could turn them over and write what you, whatever you want on them. Uh, there's been rumors that some of them come with different signs, like ones that you bought at Double or Nothing had the Double or Nothing 2021 signs. Uh... So, different ones have different signs, just to keep it more, you know, buy another one, maybe you'll get different signs, you know? Uh, it also comes with sunglasses and a jacket. Sunglasses, uh, I hate sunglasses on a figure. They ruin okay. my life. Okay, wait, hold, okay, wait, hold up. A, e, e, even, even on a John Morrison figure? Yes. Okay, understandable, but I, I know this is completely off topic to... 
what we're talking about, but I need to talk about the, the, the boy and his dinosaur stuff. Like, are there two different variants? Okay, yes, there are. Yeah. Okay, so the white, okay, so the white attire, I just thought that the packaging has Luchasaurus on Jungle Boy's shoulders. Yeah, it's flip-flopped, and they're different attires. That's so, I don't care. So, the normal one okay, no. has normal. Luchasaurus in his white gear. Jungle, Jungle Boy in his like, white and gold. I'm pretty sure it's just flipped, actually. Might just be flipped. Like, just the shoulders. Sense. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just flipped with the shoulders. Oh, I think it might be a different head scan. Hold on, let's see. I don't know, maybe oh, it's not. Actually, yeah, it does kind of look. No, it's not a different head scan. Yeah, I don't really know. What's the point? I think it might just be the packaging, to be honest. No, the packaging is the exact same. It comes with the. It, it comes with the. Two I know, but the like variant that. is Jungle Boy holding Luchasaurus, so I think that's the reason for it. How does it make that? How does that make it a variant? I can't handle that for you. Uh, but speaking of that, I am buying it. You're buying it. I I, I think I think I might buy it. I, I, I think I'm buying. Fifty five bucks. I'm buying it. I know that I'm gonna be buying the Pentel Cero Miedo. I, I I know that I, I know that I just need to get one Pentel Cero Miedo in my in my collection. So I'm getting that, and then I'm probably gonna end up getting the Cody TNT Championship just because it's the only figure with the TNT title right now. I'm That's assuming Brody will come with one, but uh, I'm also gonna be getting yeah. that. Um, and I don't think I'm gonna be getting anything else anytime soon. Like, I kind of want to spend. I'm gonna end up spending 200 bucks on the authentic scale ring probably. If Frankie Kazarian, if the Frankie figure looked better, I would get it. If the Frankie Kazarian, also wait, hold up, why would, wait, hold up, the, the, the scale ring, the, um, okay, I'm on ringside collectibles, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost here, buddy. Oh, the scale ring sold out, it's not on, it's not on there. That's why I have to I mean, spend 200 bucks on eBay to get it. I'm not getting the toy $2 ring for five-year-olds, I'm getting the authentic scale ring. That is the size of an entire table and is amazing. I mean, like, I had okay. So, I growing up, my dad had like one of those like big fucking Jack Pacific rings, and he had a bunch of LJN. So I I put those and I put my Mattels and shit like that. But, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna get um, either the Series Two or the Series Six Pentel Saddle Miedo. Get the because new one, the gold one. The gold one is is that's where it's at. It's fire, but the black and white one isn't that bad, in my opinion. So I might get the black and white, or I might end up getting the gold. One or the, either one for Ray Phoenix and uh, Penta, for the main reason of the fact that I have the entire series besides Lucha Brothers and Dustin out of series four. So series four? I thought they were series two. Um, pretty oh, yeah. sure they're series okay. four. No, it it was series two because series oh. four had Kenny, Cody, Sammy, Matt Hardy, and Tintan Ortiz, and they're all sold out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Series two, yeah. So I have Moxie, I have Paige, I have MGF. I need Lucha Brothers and Dustin, which I could have got, but someone snatched them before I could. Uh, and and here's the horrible thing. So, so out here in in Texas, you know, I look around Walmart's, Targets, anywhere I can find AW figures. I've only seen three figures ever. Wonder what, what, what those three are, and I, and I always see them. Hmm. It's either a Matt, a Nick, 
or Riho. And and the Bucks are never to get the Bucks are never in the store at the same time. They're always Hey, I'll tell you this. I'll like, pay you to get that map for me and ship it to me. I'm just saying I'm just, just saying. But like it's always series three and like I have the Riho. I'm not buying the Bucks separately because that's just stupid. But I do want Matt. I need Matt, Kenny, and Cody from that series. From series three? Yeah, yeah. I need those three because those are that entire series is amazing. So. Well, like, well, like, okay, the thing. I don't like the 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 face the face scan for Matt. I rather the series one face scan for Matt. I just need Matt. Then why not? Then, then why not be on the lookout for the series one? Cause the face scan's a lot better because like, like, like. Go I'm gonna be honest. I don't even really. I don't even really want broken Matt Hardy. I kind of just want big money Matt. I'm a big big money Matt fan. I like him better than broken. To be honest with you. But yeah, just like look at like, like look at the series three Matt Jackson and like the face sculpt. Like the Nick ones are right, but the but the Matt Jackson face sculpt is not good. I would not pay twenty thirty bucks for it. Not even the Nick one. I wouldn't pay that much. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, wait, finish that. It's just in like the the, the all. It's kind of like all in. It's like the black and the the white. The, it's like the black, not the black, but the gold, the white, and the blue attire with the black jacket that say elite. Yeah. While the the one B is it's so much more extravagant. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all the Code of Elite podcast. We'll be right back after this. I feel like Brody would okay, be the yeah. big key portion of the game. But I feel like the promotion, I feel like, should lay in the hands of, like, Kenny and Hangman and guys that are, like, very much... Pres- I, I, Kenny, Hangman, Cody, I think, Jungle Boy, and the Bucks. Because, A, those guys are... Like, the majority of them are... like They're all very charismatic, but I feel like you have that mix of heels and faces. Hangman and Jungle Boy, hella over. Kenny, one of the best heels in the business, and the Bucks are the most annoying tag team, and it is so good. It's like, like they're so, they're they're assholes. Or, or can't. Instead of a story mode of single persons, do factions like a Dark Order story, a Pinnacle story. Oh my! If it's AEW, I want a Dark Order story so much. I want Dark Order so much. Well, that's all we got from AEW Games this week. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. The Covely Podcast will be right back after this. Ladies and welcome back to the Cult of Elite Podcast. Today we are joined by Duncan Mitchell. How are you doing today, Duncan? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Tired, as I said before. Uh, just, man, up till 5 a.m. for no reason. Just got into a conversation and then just when the phone hung up, 5 a.m. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start this off for anyone who doesn't know who you are. Who is Duncan Mitchell? And who is Duncan Mitchell? Duncan Mitchell right now is just probably one of the next up-and-coming stars in the latest wave of professional wrestlers to join this business. You know, like, uh, just not, not a whole lot to really tell about me. I'm a kid from Conyers, Georgia. Grew up watching wrestling. Always loved pro wrestling as a kid. Uh, and in 2019, finally decided to pursue 
a career. Uh, obviously, didn't really get to branch out too far in 2020 as pandemic hit. Everyone got put into isolation, so that slowed things down a little bit. But hey, we're here in 2021 and trying to build a name, build that brand, and get signed to a major promotion. So we all have that one moment where, where we first realized what professional wrestling was. And for you, what was your earliest memory of professional wrestling? Yeah, my earliest memory of professional wrestling, like, because, like, it had always been a thing in my house. But, like, when, when you're small, you really don't pay that great of attention. I, I remember one particular episode of SmackDown, like, I believe this was when Batista was feuding with Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing Batista, because that, that, that was like my favorite wrestler growing up as a kid. I'm like, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be that big, just like, unstoppable basically superhero of a guy you know that that was that was like really the moment that kind of solidified that for me that i i would even consider to choose that career path you know and ever since then i i've been a massive fan of pro wrestling of course like i, I remember like watching kurt angle and brock lesnar as a little kid like th those were the other two that probably stuck out in greatest memory to me but yeah man that that was the big moment i would say that kind of solidified that not only am i i'm a fan of this but i want to be this when i grow up so you decide to follow your dream and join the Nightmare Factory with QT Marshall and Cody. How did that come about and how was your experience in the uh, Nightmare Factory? So my experience at the Nightmare Factory so far for the past two years have been awesome. It, it's been awesome. It's a great training environment. I don't think there's probably a better school in the, in the state, in the country even if this is the dream that you're trying to pursue. Uh, I remember like when I decided, yeah, I'm going to go after this finally. It actually came about through another job. I was doing concerts for Live Nation, just either working security or I was a supervisor for the ancillary department. I remember asking my boss because he had had some connections in pro wrestling. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. I want to make a career out of this. How do I start? Where do I need to go to get this going? And he's, he tells me, he's like, okay, so there's the kind of path that everyone tries to take and go to the PC over in Florida, go, go to the performance center for WWE. However, you'd need someone with a lot of pull there right now to even get you in. So that's not, sell option so he called his friend up and asked what were some good schools in the area that i could go to 
The two that popped up was the Power Factory, now the Nightmare Factory, and the WWA4 ran by Air Fox. I remember I had a conversation on the phone with QT just to set up a whole meeting where we moved together. He'd give me the talk of how how he operated the school, what they would do to get me ready for matches, uh, what basically what the life of a pro wrestler was going to be if I chose that path, and I did. And I remember my first day of training there, I I puked during the war- uh, warm up. That that was like the big indicator. I'm like, okay, this is this is the place I need to be. Because if I'm getting pushed to my limits, just warming up to train, just to bump around a ring, this is where I need to be. If this is the standard that they're holding us to, this is the place I need to be to like get myself ready and continue leveling up in terms of just training. So there have been a lot of new notable independent stars to appear on AW Dark, as well as trainees from the Nightmare Factory. So for your experience, what has it been like on AEW Dark? Definitely, I would say for AEW Dark, just AEW in general, getting to be in that environment is probably, from my experience and a lot of other people's experience, one of the best backstage environments you can be a part of for any promotion that go, that goes for WWE that goes for Ring of Honor everywhere else they've been they say AEW so far is best and I believe it I believe it like it's a very healthy environment back there just completely different from anything you'd probably expect heading in there like I, obviously going in to AEW dark you're going to notice there's a lot of people that you've met on the independence so it's not exactly like you're in a foreign environment you have nobody to talk to um all the major stars are really cool really respectable i really couldn't say anything bad about my experience at aew dark so with you being in aew4 dark and the nightmare factory is there anyone you're hoping could be that big dream match for duncan mitchell in aew Man, um, obviously, I'd love to get in there with guys like Kenny Omega. That's been a huge inspiration with, for me in just terms of the the way I model myself as a worker. I'd love to get in the ring with a guy like Pentagon. I, truth be told, though, uh, and this stems just from the fact that he was one of the first guys that I ever saw going into the Nightmare Factory and to see him performing at the level that he is right now, I probably would say Darby Allen is up there on the list of current roster members that I'd love to get in the ring with for AEW. So we so coming from someone who has seen and met many of many a man and woman in the wrestling business we all are wrestling fans at heart so as a fan of professional wrestling what do you currently enjoy most about AEW that 
that's an interesting question because there's a lot of things that I enjoy about AEW. Uh, I love I love the way that they treat the matches. Like there's always some level of importance to a match on AEW, whether it's for building that next big star or progressing a storyline. Everything feels like to some extent it matters. And not only that, I like how they're handling the wrestlers who just aren't currently actively wrestling for either dynamite, dark, dark elevation. They're letting guys go out there to wrestle on the independence. I've seen guys who are signed pop up at places like action wrestling in new South, other, other promotions out there. The fact that John Moxley is making appearances at GCW is huge not only just for gcw just for wrestling in general the fact that major promotions are allowing their stars to cross over with the independence still is pretty impressive i like to think of that being they're sending their talent to not only go work but they're also sending them to go scout the independence while they're there that's kind of how i put that uh but in AEW, there's a lot of legends who have been in the business, I mean, so long. You got Dustin, Tully, Arn, and so many more, just to name a few. Have you gotten the time to kind of sit down and pick the brain of any of them? So, definitely I would say Dustin. Dustin Rhodes. Uh, not even me personally picking his brains, because he, he goes out of his way to spread his knowledge to us, just like whether... It's you're getting ready for a match or just like in how you should handle yourself during your career. Like I, I remember he was telling us, look, when you go out there, um, it, it's not about if you win or lose. It's not about getting all your stuff in. That That will come. That all comes. It's about making not only yourself look impressive, but making your dance partner look just as good, if not better, you know, and that, that as someone right now who wrestles like, and for anyone who wrestles, I think that piece of advice can be helpful for maintaining longevity in this bitter business, because you, you can, you can get burnout. You can get really bitter, really fast, in pro wrestling if you have the wrong kind of mentality but the way he described it like just the way he put it just to be as unselfish as he is i think it it could go a long way for just so many different people in the business so aw still a very new company so before aew was was announced and around was w your ultimate goal and did it change when aew came to fruition i would definitely say wwe was the ultimate goal and to some extent kind of is almost that goal assuming wwe is still around in the years to come like i've yeah, it was always WWE, New Japan. Like, I think with the presence of AEW, 
it definitely helps because it creates options. You pro wrestling is no longer just about if you can make it to the WWE anymore because there are so many different options for where you can go work. You can work for an AEW, you can go to Ring of Honor, you can go to Impact, that's coming back up on the rise, you can go to Japan, you can go to the UK. There are so many different options in pro wrestling right now for people to be successful. It's ridiculous. However, going back to that question, if WWE is the ultimate end goal, I would say yes, I would love to wrestle for the WWE at some point in my career. I'd like to wrestle for every major promotion but i feel like if i were to get signed to AEW, i could definitely see myself spending a large portion of my career there if not completely finishing my career for a company like that just because the amount of talent that already is in that company and the, the amount of talent that could join that company at any point in time the possibilities are pretty limitless so i think this is an interesting question for someone that's so new into the business and this may even help someone listening who's thinking about getting into training so when you're thinking about a moveset you're about to go into your first match or you're learning who are you studying and who was kind of pieced together to make your moveset in the beginning and i think this goes for a lot of guys we all just want to go out there and do the most extravagant things you know you 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 want to hit your 450s all that but in the beginning it, it's almost and qt has done a great job of like helping us with this you don't need like the most extravagant moveset you just need to make sure sure that all your basics that you go out there and do look as clean and as crisp as possible you go Look at guys like Ric Flair and Steamboat. They really didn't do anything too over the top. It was very simple, but it all looked great. It was convincing. It it was everything it needed to be for that match. Now, like when you go out there and the you're gonna want to go out there. You're gonna want to hit something really cool something that's gonna make them remember you but you don't need anything too much outside of that yeah you'll have your finisher that you stick with for a while that will probably be really basic or really cool but i think in the beginning everyone should strive to be as clean as crisp and as possible in what they do because as you go through the motions, you're going to find that the way you wrestled in the beginning is going to be completely different from the way that you work and operate currently. So with you having been training at the Nightmare Factory, what has been the best thing that you've learned while training at the Nightmare Factory? Best thing I've learned while there. QT, Cody, Glacier, whoever has been teaching us. 
they've really done a good job of helping us learn how to navigate the business. That, that's probably one of the best things I've learned coming out there just between etiquette, how you handle yourself, uh, knowing when to say no to a certain promotion out there. Like it's, it's all been very important. Uh, patience. Patience is another thing. Like whether it's in ring when you're working your match and you're going a million miles an hour, just learning how to slow down or just patience in your career. Like know that success isn't going to happen overnight. Like not everyone is going to have the luxury of being a Kurt Angle or a Ronda Rousey where people already know who you are going into this business, you know, like, uh, Seth Rollins, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, like all guys, I can guarantee you who nobody knew about, but now are like at the top of their game, at the top of the business, like everyone started from nowhere. So like, just be patient, get ready for like a long bumpy ride. But when you start seeing success, it will all be worth it. So one final question here. Are you family, the Nightmare Family, or the Factory? I will say this about this whole situation between Cody and QT. Uh, Cody Rhodes has done a lot for pro wrestling in general. However, if I had to side with anyone, I'm probably going to have to side with QT. QT has been my coach from the very beginning. Uh, Cody, like Cody has been a great human being, has been nothing but nice to me every time I've interacted with him. Great wrestler, but QT has been my primary coach throughout my entire career. Like, what, whatever I've gotten to learn from Cody Rhodes, great. But QT, that's my coach. Uh, the way he's going about handling his business with Cody, that's a little bit questionable. But, hey, Q QT, I got to go with the factory on that one. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. The Cult of Lee podcast will be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Call of Elite Podcast. I'm Aiden, joined by Sal, and this week we had a bit of a AEW Games update, not only with the two-point show, but some other content as well. We kicked off the week with Aubrey Edwards and the rest of the AEW Elite General Manager uh, team doing a Discord Q&A. If you want to listen to the full interview, that full entire Q&A, it is up now on our Spotify and wherever else you get podcasts. Just scroll down to our most recent episode, it should be right there, uh, they gave a lot of information, not a lot that I I can like process. Like, I don't really know like everything they said because it's been it's been a while since I heard it. Um, but they did mention a lot. They did give out information on what's coming, uh, what is coming soon. They basically gave out a lot of information about the future of the game, and it's looking as if this game is going to be around for a really long time. They want to keep it updated. They don't want to bring out you know a second one in a year. They want to keep this one game going for. A long long time uh, it is currently in beta uh, I believe in a couple episodes to go and even on the Indie Horseman YouTube channel I did post my thoughts on the game so far 
um, from the beta. The beta is now closed, and uh, looks like we did hear from Aubrey Edwards, and she did say that they are looking to release sometime soon, so within the next couple of months. But that was not it from the two point or from the AEW Games team. As just a couple days later, we got the two point show back again with this month's episode, and uh, we didn't really get much. I kind of just skipped through it. I'm not gonna lie, I missed it live, so I kind of just skipped through it. Uh, Ali and Aubrey Edwards. Uh, but we did get some AEW console game update as Kenny Omega showed us what the model looks like for Darby Allen. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pull this up real quick so that we can kind of like uh, go through what we saw here. It was a 10 minute episode, and there's probably about I'd say about 40 I'd say about 40 seconds or something around no more like 20 seconds or something, not that much I don't think. Let's see, it's right around here. So Darby Allen's model. Uh, is really tiny. We all know they're going for that really animated, kind of like Battleground look. But Darby looks really good. Um, but that's not really yeah. what I, I... I don't really care about what the model looks like. Well, I do, but... The what I care play. about is the gameplay. So, uh... We get a glimpse here. We see the crowd, who I really hope they animate, because this crowd's kind of just standing there with their hands by their side. So I really hope they start animating it, kind of like the 2K games, where they're, like, jumping up for big moves and stuff like that. But, like, oh, but, like... A little bit better with the champ and a little bit better yeah yeah maybe more aew-ish you know like this is bullshit like things you hear in aew that you wouldn't hear and do you know um the like, barricade like looks the yeah 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 uh we get to see the crowd barricade the ring the ring looks really good uh green guy is all elite haha <laughs> get it uh so the first thing we see is darby slamming him into the apron and it looks pretty good uh, the one thing that bothers me is the fact that when Darby's getting up on the apron, it goes from him on the ground to him standing on the apron within, like, point one, like two frames, maybe. Uh, I wish they'd change it, but I get they're going for more of a more fun gameplay than more, like, creative, like, uh, make content on. Uh, but that was pretty much it that we got from that. Not much. I mean, we got to see his little dive off the ropes, which looked really good as well. The rope animations aren't there yet. Hope to see those soon as well. But it does look like there's a little blur in the background as well. Um, For all intents and purposes, I'm personally really interested in this because, like, for someone who actually has never played SmackDown, or SmackDown, here comes the here comes the pain. I've only seen gameplay of it, and it and I'm getting kind of those vibes from it. Like, yeah, it looks exactly way. like it, except a bit. It looks like a mix of All Stars and Here Comes the Pain. It does, and I love that. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, I'm curious to see what's going to be implemented into it because a fun game is cool and all, but, I mean, as a content creator, I say there's got to be something to make content on. Uh, GM mode, story mode, whatever it is, just something to kind of be able to continue and make content on. And I, in all honesty, I feel like a good idea would maybe... You know, okay, do you remember back... When they were doing the Road to WrestleMania stuff, yeah, like the later years of Road to WrestleMania, I feel like do what they did in RVS 2010 and 2011, where you have different stories for different people. Like choose like four or five different people. Maybe choose Kenny, choose the Bucks, choose Cody, choose MJF, and maybe go with a wild card of like Jungle Boy or someone young, and then and then create stories for each of them, so that it's interesting. Like you, you can make, you can make it like end at double or nothing or all out because that's kind of what we've gotten from AW is that all out is their big like it's their WrestleMania. 
Actually, like they pretty much they pretty much confirmed Double or Nothing is their WrestleMania. All Out is their SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Which I but, thought was kind of confusing, but when we were there, they were like, you could kind of get that energy. It was like a big event, but then they kind of mentioned it on commentary that it's the biggest night of AEW, like something along that lines. So they kind of confirmed that Double or Nothing is their WrestleMania right now. But... Yeah, I feel like you could have like, or heck, take t take away the story for like Cody or the Bucks, throw Darby Allen in there. Give us a story for Darby because if you want my opinion, Darby is maybe the most like he is someone that you can really create any kind of story around. I can't really say who I'd want so, to be in that story because we don't even have like a who's gonna be on the cover. Even though Aubrey said that it's gonna be a game where you know there's like thirty people on the cover and stuff. So we have like no clue who all is gonna be like the big like you know promotion around this game, like you know when AJ Styles was the cover of Two K, he did all the intros and interviews and all that stuff. You have to have one guy to do all the promotional stuff for the game. Like I said, AJ did the intros for the YouTube channels and the interviews and. I feel like Kenny could be that kind of guy. Uh, yeah, probably considering he's the one working on it. I would assume. He'd be that kind of guy. The, the, and he's also the champ. Like, AJ was the WWE Championship. Well, who... he's the champ right now. The game's not even expected to be released for another year and a half, so. True, but... Oh, that's... I, 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 well, that's true. Then maybe... Maybe, maybe a possibility could be Hangman. Or, I, if I had to pick one person to be on the cover, I 100% believe Brody would be the cover. Oh, yeah, Brody would be the cover. Brody would definitely be the cover. I, and I feel like wait a Brody storyline yeah I feel like Brody would okay, be the yeah. big key portion of the game but I feel like the promotion I feel like should lay in the hands of like Kenny and Hangman and guys that are like very much because I uh, Kenny Hangman Cody I think Jungle Boy and the Bucks because a those guys are like the majority of them are like they're all very charismatic but I feel like you have that mix of heels and faces Hangman and Jungle Boy hella over kenny one of the best heels in the business and the bucks are the most annoying tag team and it is so good it's like like they're so they're they're assholes or or can't instead of a story mode of single persons do factions like a dark order story a pinnacle story oh my if it's a i want a dark order story so much i want dark order so much well, that's all we got from AEW Games this week. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. The Covely Podcast will be right back after this. Ladies and welcome back to the Cult of Elite Podcast. Aiden joined by Sally here for another edition, the final edition of AEW Friday Night Dynamite. Dynamite. Next week will be on a Saturday, and then the following week we'll be back on a Wednesday, and then after that, we're back on the road for that big giant month with uh, it has like Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, and Road Rage, like the entire month of special events. Which I don't know how they're gonna jam pack that, but. And then next month is Rampage's debut on Fridays. Yes, it will oh, be. So now we'll have 
then I will have four shows to go over. Yeah. We complain about, okay, sorry. We complain about WWE and the amount of shows that they have and the amount of content that we have to take in. No, I don't like, think anyone complains about that. You can just pick and choose what you watch, to be honest. Oh, that's true. That's true. But they do have, but, like, a ton of shows. they got 205, they've got NXT, NXT UK, Raw, SmackDown, Main Event. Uh, am I forgetting I, I, something? I, 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 no, I, no, but I forgot about Main Event. Okay, so uh, AW is two shows away from from being on par with 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 WWE on the amount of shows that they I don't have. I don't think they can fit another show. I don't think anybody can fit another show into the week schedule. I don't I just don't get I just don't understand WWE. Like like you could easily cancel main event. You can move the NXT. You're making no up. money on and you're not you're not making any money on main event. You're making probably two dimes and two quarters off of NXT UK. You could easily cut that down to Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. No, no, keep 205 Live, because I like 205 Live. It's, <sighs> it, it, it's a showcase for the Cruiserweights, because the Cruiserweights don't get a showcase on any other show besides the besides Kushida's Open Challenge. And this is where and we NXT. wonder why you are so different than everyone else. You're the only person <laughs> in the globe today that still watches 205 Live. But, like, all, like, like uh, Anthony Green and... And Alex Zane, Tony Nese, Aria Davari, Jake Atlas. It's just so much good stuff, and it's hidden. Like, I go back to like, the Cedric Alexander era. The Cedric, Buddy, and Ali era. Mwah, beautiful. Anyways, we kick off Dynamite with the MMA rules cage fight between Jake Hager and Wardlow. With Hager picking up the win, and then after the match, uh, Jericho comes out. Sammy comes out, uh, MJF comes out, this big brawl breaks MJF. out. MJF punches Dean Malenko. Dean took a bump. What is with all these old people? Dean. Ted DiBiase, Dean Malenko. Why is everyone taking bumps all of a sudden? Okay, no. Okay, no. I'm sorry, but but no one can beat Ted's bump. Ted. Bro, so Ted didn't Ted take is... a bump. Man said, I'm back, baby. But um <laughs> Man said, I'm going one more round. <laughs> one more round. <laughs> oh, I love Ted DiBiase so much. Uh, after that, we go to the handicap match between Darby Allen and Men of the Year. So, I have a theory about this. We, we all knew Men of the Year were going to win. I, I think... I didn't. I thought that Darby was going to have a partner. Hear me out. I think Darby was supposed to have a partner, but then they couldn't get that person, whoever it may be. Think that person was? I don't know. I'd have no clue, but I think that he was scheduled to have a partner, but then they couldn't, like sign or that person couldn't make it maybe they got injured something happened where that person couldn't make it i don't think this was set to be a handicap match until that promo oh no, yeah because because the, on last week they they talked about darby getting a new partner yeah and yeah i don't know who it could be no, i don't know who it could have been no new partner. it could have honestly they could have honestly tried to get joe but then he got re-signed to dv that's also true, but I feel like a better idea probably would have. Like, I think maybe it's just because I want to see Warhorse War back on Dynamite, but like, I doubt Warhorse in for no reason just sounds fun to me. Uh, Men of the Year end up winning. Uh, after that, Orange Cassidy defeats Mr. King of the Jobber Division, Cesar Benoni. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson defeat QT Marshall and Aaron Solo, bro. So, what do you think about? Okay, so what do you think about Brock? Well, actually, uh, Kenny confronted Jungle Boy backstage before that. Oh yeah, they got into the Nakazawa. the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Nakazawa hit Jungle Boy with the laptop. Anyways, Brock Anderson. But what do you think? What do you think about Brock Anderson? 
I'm impressed. I, you know, I gotta say, there's a few sloppy things that he did, but, like, you gotta cut him some slack. I think this is, like, his first match ever, especially on television, so gotta cut him some slack there. He'll, he'll get better over time. He's learning from one of the best ever. He's the son of one of the best ever. He did an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, I did not expect that. I expected... Honestly, when I saw that Brock Anderson was in the match, I thought that, I thought that they were. I thought that's why I voted for the for the factory because I thought, oh well, oh well, they're bringing in someone to take the pins that Cody, so that Cody doesn't have to. No, Brock got the pin on Aaron Solo. Yeah, Brock got the damn pin. I oh, I think. But the important thing is this is is did he do a spine buster? Did we get to see? Uh, I'm going to be honest, I kind of just skimmed through the show. I didn't, like, sit down and watch it all because I didn't watch it live, so I kind of just skimmed through it, get the results, kind of get the story. So I don't really know if he had a spine buster. I doubt it. I doubt it. We didn't see a spine buster, which which makes me sad. But this was a good match. I'm very impressed with Brock Anderson. It'll be cool to see what he does. Uh, And I'm I'm sure he'll be joined by Arn for every match. And now we go to Jim Ross sitting with Andrade El Idolo. Yeah, so, um, basically, a bunch of Spanish words that no one knows what they mean. He basically said, me and Vicky have a surprise. That's just the gist of the promo. After that, Penelope Ford defeats Julia Hart of the Varsity Blondes. Well, actually, actually he also said that both the, the TNT and the AW Heavyweight Champion are on his radar, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, now we got to Julia Hart versus Penelope Ford after Julia picked up a win, um, what was it? Last week? Or no, 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 no. She picked up one on Dark Elevation this week. That's what. That's my bad. This was Penelope's return. Uh, afterwards, Miro comes out. A fucking Muda lock. A fucking Muda lock. And uh, Miro attacks Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison, and then it was announced that Pillman will challenge Miro for the TNT Championship in two weeks, I think, something like that. Are Are we just killing all the ta- all, all the tag team wrestlers by feeding them to, by by feeding them to Miro? Pretty much, because you want to know whose last like, victim is going to be after all these squash wins. Who's next victim going to be? Super bad. I'm sorry, I love this theme song. It's 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 an addicting theme song. You gotta admit, he has a banger theme song. He does. But I also want to point this out real quick. I just want to point this out uh, because we kind of noticed it on Dark Elevation. With Sonny leaving Joey, you may notice now at this fourth show, all these tag teams are breaking up now. All these teams that all were put like together, all these teams that were put together for no reason are breaking up. Of course, not Varsity Blondes because everyone loves Varsity Blondes, but FTW is breaking up with Cage leaving, going solo. Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, I'm sure the Wingmen will sort out at some point. No, they're breaking no, up. They're breaking up all these teams that were put together just to get people on the show because now there's Rampage and there's Dark and there's Dark Elevation, and you know what that means, right? What does that mean? It means that they're gonna go back to before the pandemic, Dark, which is not that many squash matches. It's actual competitions and good matches. Well, not saying they're bad matches, but they're actual signed talent fighting signed talent. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that the wingmen should break up simply because, like, 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 Peter and JD could do could, could do well on their own. JD especially could do really well on his own. I was just but using them as an Cesar example of the of the random teams. Like, yeah. I could, but like I for, could go here and, and Ryan. look. I'll list off all the teams that will probably break up. I'm sure the factory will break right. up at some point. 
Um, I'm. I could, I could definitely see maybe Aaron Solo turning on. That. Oh, another example. SCU. SCU can add that to the list of people that have broken up so far. Uh, I can see Colt. I can see Colt leaving Dark Order. I can't. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. I could see Hangman officially like, like stopping, associating with them. Period, because he still somewhat associates with the Dark Order. Um, specifically like a BTE. I could see him kind of like stopping doing the the Dark Order BTE stuff. Um, I could see Death Triangle somewhat splitting. Maybe not somewhere around there. They kind of already are splitting, but. Yeah, I could see Penta officially like leaving the group and just leaving it to be Pack and Phoenix. That's pretty much it. I can't like... see anyone else breaking up. But maybe over time they will. Maybe. But now we go to... Speaking of Death Triangle, we go to Frankie Kazarian, the Elite Killer, Eddie Kingston, the Mad King, and Penta El Cerro Miedo taking on Matt Jack... Wait, what, was it Matt Jackson or was it Nick Jackson? It was Matt, yeah. Sportskita... Yeah, because Sportskita said it, it, it was Nick, but Sportskita is being stupid right now. It, it was Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. Okay, so okay, so Matt Jackson and then uh, Doc Gallows and Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Yes, sir. Sex Ferguson himself and ta Chad. Too bad. Uh, you can guess who won this. The elite. The elite. In all honesty, I thought I, I I was rooting for Penta, Frankie, and Matt Kingston because Penta is one of my favorites right now. I love what Frankie's doing right now, and then Eddie Kingston just Eddie Kingston. So I kind of talked nice. about this in Discord, but I thought I'd throw it on here as well. John Moxley and Renee just had their baby a couple of days ago. Congratulations. So Congratulations. Mox is out, but I kind of have a small idea of how he's going to come back. How do you think that? Because I don't think I saw it. Penta, Eddie, um, Pac, and Frankie. Possibly. Hear me out. Uh, well, they're well, they're continuing. Well, like, Pac got taken out. Pac well, got taken I know. Out. He'll come back. He'll come back. Anyways. Uh, Pac... Penta, Eddie, Kazarian, they continue this feud with the Elite, and then a couple weeks before All Out, or whatever the next pay-per-view is, Penta and Pac turn on Eddie and Frankie, and then it's announced to be Frankie and Eddie versus Death Triangles, Pac, and Penta, but then on the buy-in, they show uh, Frankie Kazarian, like, taken out, bloody, whatever, he's just, he's not able to compete, so Eddie now has to find a new partner, and boom, Moxie comes back, puts well, like, them into I a different like feud, and then boom. I feel, I feel like, like to us, you could really just use the Good Brothers for that, instead of having to. Because I feel like Penta should go do his own thing. I feel like Pac could should. Okay. Well, Pac I mean, I'm not saying it would be like a permanent storyline. I'm saying it'd just be a storyline to get Mox back, and then you right. could end it like right after the pay per view. They have their blow off match, and then the feud ends. They go back Fair to fighting enough. the Elite or whatever. And then. <laughs> I feel like Frankie's gonna be. Frankie should be like the hitman of the, like the hit. Like he should become, like again, as he says, he's the elite hunter. He should be the elite. Bro, I want, I want Frankie Kazarian to get into a feud with Scorpio Sky. Like okay, I would like that, but after the elite hunter stuff, when when well, when, yeah. the, when the elite hunter stuff is all done, and I feel like that should end with with Frankie getting a title shot, him losing the title shot, but like but him getting a title shot nonetheless. Him getting a title shot in Scorpio is co costing it. Exactly. So so that so that ends his elite feud, but it begins a feud with Men of the Year, specifically Scorpio Sky. Um, you can have, to be honest, this is, to be honest, you could have Frankie and Darby team. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. But I don't I don't see that Darby, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky feud going on much longer. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Cult of Elite podcast this week. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Follow us on all social media at Cult of Elite. And, uh, well, actually, I hope you guys did enjoy. I forgot this was put in there. But we did speak to Duncan Mitchell from AEW Dark, so I hope you guys did enjoy that. Comment down below who you guys like to see. Tag us on Twitter. Tag us with whoever you'd like to see on the show next. Subscribe on all platforms, and we'll see you guys next time. Remember, join the cult.